Welcome to Grazeaholics. I'm Veronica. And I'm Courtney. And today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 13. Begin the begin. Uh, yeah, and I see that you have written here that uh, the lyrics are weird. I did not listen to this song. The so. lyrics are weird. Okay. I don't know. I was in, It was like... It was weird because I didn't understand. I, you know, what do you think of when you think of begin the begin? Uh, I don't know. Um, so I'm not like a very deep person. Okay, I don't know. I just think of new beginnings of some sort. I don't know. Oh uh, well, yeah. The obvious birdie in the hand for life's rich demand. The insurgency began and you missed it. I looked for it and I found it. Miles Standish, proud, con- congratulate me. Of the power of the powers, the only vote that matters. Silence means secure. I don't know. It's just really fucking weird. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. Yeah. I, to me, either I'm really fucking dumb, or like, I mean, it's very historical because then it's let's begin again, begin the begin, let's begin again, like Martin Luther Zen. I don't know. It's just so fucking weird. Like, what are you talking about? And are you on LSD? And do you? Never mind. So that's that's my take. So uh, please inform us what you're drinking. Oh, I am just having a regular lemonade. Truly, uh, I found it in the back of my fridge yesterday while I was cleaning it out. So I was just like, "How did this get back there?" So we're drinking nice. that today. Yeah. What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking my le- like typical Vizzy lemonade hard seltzer, but I added like uh, an ounce and a half of tequila. <gasps> I love that. So I, I'm kind of and running since, low. Well, since we're recording back to back today, this could be an interesting two episodes if you're oh. starting off that strong. Yeah. And then I have to go love buy it. like food for New Year's Eve or some shit like pork or whatever. Cause like the end of 2021 has been like. <sighs> you eat pork on New Year's Eve, not New Year's day. Whatever. You know what I mean? Well, no, I don't. I'm asking. I don't know what New Year's Day. I don't know. Okay. I mean, to be honest with you, I would eat a burger. I would eat pizza for this weekend, but I pe- apparently yeah. I don't think that's good luck or whatever. Well, no. Like, we do pork and sauerkraut on New Year's Day. This year, I'm not doing it because it's just me, but like, it is one of my absolute favorite meals ever. And so, my but it's supposed to bring money. Shared it. And I guess it did bring money. Because we got the stimulus, but I mean, everyone got that. So, I mean, so, but hey, I'll, I'll take it. Right. True. I, I mean, I, my friend, my white friend gave it to me. Like, she's like, Hey, you want some sauerkraut and try? And I was like, that is the most disgusting thing ever, but I'll eat it. But wait. Okay. I think that sauerkraut made by anybody else is disgusting and I cannot eat it. But my grandmother, she like, you know, cans hers and stuff and keeps them in the basement, you know, the whole nines, but like. She puts so much brown sugar in it that it is so sweet. Like, and that's the only way I'll eat it. I don't like it to be sour. I don't like it. You might be onto something. Brown sugar all the way. Because I do not like sour sour. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. It doesn't make sense. It was interesting. I don't know. I would just rather eat pizza. And so, of course, John's like, well, technically there's pork on pizza. And I'm like, there is. That's a good idea. Pepperoni, sauce, sauce, sausage. 
Yeah, true. You definitely like make that work, I think. But you know what? I'm like hoping my friend gives me some sauerkraut so I can <laughs> bring all the money. I'm going to ask her, bring me that shit ASAP. Just add brown sugar to it. Okay. Got it. Just a reminder that we do have an Instagram and a Twitter account. You can follow us on both at Pod. So like Veronica mentioned, we are going to go over season two, episode 13 today. And the Netflix description says, Izzy cannot ignore the chemistry she shared with a patient awaiting a heart transplant. George treats Bex an intersex teenager. This description was good. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, eight out of 10. Just because it's a little dry, but pretty good. Pretty on point. Right. It it covered like the two major happenings, yeah. I yeah. think. Okay. Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you want to give us the opening monologue? Yes. And it's like the perfect um, timing. I mean, not when this gets released, but I was like reviewing the notes and watching the episode. I'm like, oh, this is like a New Year's Eve, New Year's type of thing. And so I thought that was pretty cool. So here it goes. Fresh starts. Thanks to the calendar, they happen every year. Just set your watch to January. Our reward for surviving the holiday season is a new year, bringing on the great tradition of New Year's resolutions. Put your past behind you and start over. It's hard to resist the chance of a new beginning, a chance to put the problems of last year to bed. This is very much so uh, a New Year's episode. Yeah, I was like, hmm, all right. I see you, Grace. I like it. All right, so hit us with the recap. So we begin the episode seeing Izzy standing in the bathroom drinking her coffee. We hear loud crashes and banging, followed by George yelling for Izzy. Izzy opens the bathroom door just as George hurls himself in. Meredith can be heard telling Doc, who is their dog, what a good boy he is. George pokes his head out and tells Meredith that they need to talk about the dog. And Izzy says, that's not a dog. That's a hyena escaped from the zoo dressed in dog clothing. What? They did that dog wrong. They did. I love Doc. He's so cute. Although whenever I was watching this, my dog um, Bolt heard um, Doc and he was like whining at it and barking at it. So who who knows if it was a good dog or a bad dog, but like he was like. I want to play with Doc. I know it was super cute. (laughs) That's adorable. Derek is walking back to his trailer holding a fish that it looks like he freshly caught. Addison is blowing her hair dry and is disgusted when Derek shows it to her. Addison starts flipping out about how much she hates this. She hates the trailer. And I had put (laughs) that I kind of relate to Addison as much as I would want to have land and, you know, like be in the country or forest in this case i don't know what what is it forest i don't know i was like country it's not really country living but anyways i would be her i'm like oh yeah i want this and then i'm like but do you really i do not want to eat fish or trout in the morning for breakfast i related to addison so much i want that i want pizza for breakfast what is it with you and Brandy eating pizza for breakfast? Oh, it's like the best. And then when you're hungover, mm, delightful. Cold pizza too. I'm all for it. Whoa. Weber is visiting Ellis in the care facility. She is talking about two people who asked who she was in the on-call room with last night. 
And then she says, they heard us. And they continue chatting about the woes of being an intern. Dirty little Ellis. Good for her. Yep. Her open sexual sexuality with. Right? I mean, gotta give it to her. Burke is confronting Christina about moving in with him. And she tells him that she doesn't have an answer. And he says that's fine, but she needs to tell him what she planned on doing with the baby. And they are interrupted before Christina has a chance to answer. And there is a scene, which wasn't really relative or whatever, but I it caught my attention because they're in the operator room. And I had sent Courtney, I sent you like this video about Derek Shepard and Meredith. Yeah. And it was so good. But essentially, Burke does this where he knows he has power over Christina. Mm-hmm. And there's this yeah. dynamic. And I think John talked a little bit about it, how like he's super intimidated by her knowledge and skill and um, who she is as a person and he kind of takes advantage of his role as an attendee and completely unprofessional and tells her to leave and I thought that was like whoa I was oh yeah mind I blown whenever I saw that video not because I don't realize it because it's true but like Burke also did the same thing that Derek did where they are in these weird power dynamics with their significant other and the poor bitches don't see it right Wow, that was very aggressive. <laughs> it was, but I would expect nothing less, you know? Blame it on nothing the bionic sight. <laughs> the bionic sight. I love that you have bionic sight now. 2015, baby. Where I couldn't <laughs> even see probably five feet in front of me. Seriously. Oh, my I was God. that blind. And I'm like, see ya. See ya, bitch. Oh, my God. That has to be like crazy to go from like not being able to see to seeing really well. Like that's that's got to be crazy. I cried. <gasps> I oh, and you're not a crier. No, but it's also my hormones. But yeah, I cried. I cried the day after, and then I cried today. <sighs> and I was like, I just hope I just hope that my own Grey's Anatomy doctor doesn't see it like the tears because i think he's a makati now that i have eyesight i'm not as hot but you know i he's pretty charming <laughs> he's charming it's it's now i can say like oh he's easy on the eyes and pretty charming i like conversation we have my my whole appointment today was literally like five minutes but it was longer because he was having a conversation with me that's so nice that's like good to have in a doctor who's not just trying to like rush you out like yeah no He's like, wow, you said in August you wanted LASIK and here you are. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's kind of how I am, you know. <laughs> if I set myself a goal, I usually do it. And he's just like, I was like, fan me, bitch. Fan get- me. <laughs> Getting a little hot. <laughs> he's not I that mean, nice looking. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> that whole story, big Aries energy. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> The goal and crushing it, the fan me, I'm hot, big Aries energy, and, and I'm like, here for it. And then I was like, uh, so what can I do with my eyes? And he's like, yeah, just make sure whatever. He's telling me all these things. I'm like, I just, he's like, just don't do eyeliner underneath the waterline. And I'm looking, I'm like, can I just wear concealer? I'm like, I just need concealer. He's like, yes, absolutely, yes. And I'm just like, god damn it. Like, who is your wife? Actually, his wife actually works there too. And she's a total. Anyways, <laughs> she is. She one time like yelled at me for not coming in. I'm like, I'm supposed to come every two years because my insurance only allows me every two years. 
she's like well you didn't come here last year and i'm like bitch i couldn't i would have to pay out of pocket like what are you talking about oh my god sorry that was a really bit sorry i got super sidetracked i am i apologize folks but that's just who we are it is it really is so bailey greets daddy i mean um denny duquette who has played (laughs) none other then Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and he is known for his roles in Supernatural as John Winchester, which is where I first saw and fell in love with him. And he also plays Negan in The Walking Dead, which he's incredible at. I was going to say, I like him more as a bad guy than a good guy. In Supernatural, he's a, he's a good guy. You know, he's a hunter. He's a good guy. But I mean, I just, oh, Jesus Christ, with his leather jacket on. like, See, I like him in The Walking Dead. Like, you can, yes, absolutely give me a heart attack, but not really in Grace. Oh, no, still in Grace. I'm like, oh, you're weak, feeble. No. Next. Oh, my God. Again, this whole episode is just big Aries energy. I'm just going to leave it that. <laughs> Uh, he's arrived for his heart transplant. Bailey asks Izzy what she knows about Denny, and he goes all hard eyes staring at her and says, Capricorn, single, loves to travel and cook. Izzy starts and says that Denny is 36 and is admitted for a heart transplant necessitated by a viral cardiomyopathy, which means his heart is unable to fill and pump blood normally. Bailey appoints Izzy to Denny's case and sends George off to do an intake on Addison's patient. Can I just mention one thing, aside from the research? In this episode, Mm -hmm. Izzy is flawless. She is a goddess looking. Like, I even noticed um, the angle of the camera is, like, like, putting her, like, higher. Like, if she's, like, a queen, like, she's flawless. She looks gorgeous. Her hair is beautiful. Her, Her skin is, like glowing and i'm just Uh like and then i see the next episode and i'm like yeah what happened yeah it's It's, crazy it was like when i get made up and then i look at like today myself and i'm like "Mm, you're like episode 14 you know veronica but you know it's okay um but yeah i was like wow and i noticed the angle of the camera every single time it's like on a slant it's like yeah yeah, now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking back and I'm I'm noticing this. So a little bit about carmo, cardiomyopathy. Um, it's basically what you said, but there are some symptoms. There can be no signs or uh, in the early stages of it that you can have breathlessness, um, even at rest, which I feel like, okay. Then I start to, when I was reading these symptoms, I'm like, okay. Uh, swelling of the legs, and I'm like, okay. Uh, bloating, and I'm like, okay. Coughing while lying down. I'm like, what is happening to my body? Do I have this? I'm self-diagnosing, you know? Um, difficulty laying flat to sleep, fatigue, heartbeats that feel rapid, pounding or fluttering, chest discomfort, dizziness, lightheadedness, lightheadedness, and fainting. Um, and it says that even though the cause it may be unknown, some people... Um, are have the condition due to being passed from a parent, so inherited, or acquired through long-term high blood pressure, um, heart tissue damage from a heart attack, heart valve uh, problems, COVID-19 infection. So this is from the Mayo Clinic, so it's a little bit more updated than um, any of the other websites. So 
uh, pregnancy complications or a lack of essential vitamins, drinking too much, um, use of cocaine. I just felt like I needed to say that. Um, and use of chemotherapy. <laughs> There's a lot of issues, but um, yeah. So <laughs> there you go. I wonder which one uh, Denny had. Does it ever say? I don't remember. Honestly. I don't think so. Um, well, he's, I don't know. I've yeah. watched, like, I think that this is my third time watching Grey's, but I only ever watched the Denny episodes one time because my heart cannot take it so this is only my second time watching i'll I'll be paying attention to it how about that okay yeah george arrives in his patient's room and addison joins him george presents bex who has been admitted for an ultrasound guided biopsy on an enlargement of a pelvic lymph node addison does a brief exam on bex and her mother says she's worried that it could be cancer Addison tells Bex that she will do a biopsy and George will have to take some blood so he can run some tests. George rolls up Bex's sleeve and sees that she has self-harm scars on her wrist. And he's so awkward about it. It's like, yeah, it's first George. of all, it's none of your business. Just keep on moving. Like that's, right. that's none of you. You don't get to comment on that. Like just move along. I did want to mention that there is a hotline for um, crisis text, li- text line uh, for anyone struggling with self-harm or how to deal with it or just need someone to talk to. And you can text H-O-M-E to 741741 and they'll connect you connect you to a crisis counselor 24-7. So at your fingertips. Perfect. So especially if you're like, well, you and I always talk about how we don't like to call so this is perfect because you yes. can call someone or you could text someone. So that's like, I thought that was really neat. Great information. George is delivering the results of Beck's labs to Addison. He says that her estrogen and progesterone are sky high. Addison asks if there is any history of birth controls and George says no, but he thinks that Bex could be hiding it because her parents were there. So George goes to talk to Bex while her parents are out getting food. He asks her if she's been taking birth control pills and she gets a guilty look and George asks her why she would be taking them. And she says it's because she ha- she's as flat as a board. So she took five birth control pills a day, but nothing is different. Holy shit. That's a lot. That is a lot. That, that's that's, like, that's... And a hor- hormone imbalance for sure. Yeah, not good. Meredith gets in an elevator with Derek and I'm going to try my hardest to go through this scene, but it's just a lot of looks. It's just a lot of looks. And so it's just, there's a lot. So he is staring at her all wistful and she says, I have a dog. And he smiles at her and says, I love dogs. She says, I've moved on. So don't give me that look. He asks what look? And she responds with that look, our look. I'm over you. He says he's over her too. She says, are you? And he laughs and says, no. Manipulation at its fucking finest. I know, but it's so cool to see though that as an actor, you can portray that look even through the camera. You know, like I was yes. looking at this and I was like, tell me more. Because oh, like, even though, even though like he might not be a great person or whatever like I'm just like oh my god like right right he does he is such a good actor this entire series like it's it's crazy to me okay go ahead 
<laughs> so the doors open and Addison is standing there. She gets on and doesn't say a word to Derek. And he says that there is a land called Passive Aggressiva and you are their queen. <laughs> this does come back full circle. <laughs> it does, but I, I love it. Addison and George are doing the biopsy on Bex. George points out that it looks like the tumor is compressing an ovary. George is cleaning up Bex after the procedure and he gets caught staring at her self-harm scars. He tells her that he wonders why someone with so much talent and she draws comics. That was in the previous scene with yeah. Bex is she's very, very, she's a very talented artist and why she would want to do that. She says that she is a freak. George goes on to tell her that he wasn't always a doctor, that in high school, he was secretary and treasurer of the Dungeons and Dragons Club. And he was also a mathlete. He assures her that she just has to get through high school. When she's out in the real world, she will find where she fits in. I think that's true. I think that's yeah. very true. I think that's really good, solid advice because in high school, I was kind of like middle ground-ish and I was mostly middle ground-ish because I was friends with everybody from all the different groups yeah. and I would constantly get pulled towards like the popular people, which were the soccer girls. Oh. Soccer was a big thing. And they would ask me like sit at their table and things like that. But I never did. I had like my little band of misfits who were also friends with everybody from different social circles. So like, I, I get it. Cause then once you're out in the world, you, you find your people. Find, yeah. Yeah. You find who you're meant to be friends with. High school's brutal. I think I was trying to be the slut. I fucking love that for you because I remember even in like some um, yearbook pictures like you could see me and I'm wearing these jeans where you tie up the front and I'm like why is my mom like mm. letting me you know like wear these like I look back and I was like I would not let my daughter wear these but like mm, like I guess they I, I, I had like two best friends I talked to everyone I was friends with a lot of people but like but then I hated everyone. And then I became that girl that just had a boyfriend the whole time that they were in high school. And I'm like, ugh, so annoyed. I did that too. And I look back and I hate myself. Just I having mean, that boyfriend throughout <sighs> high school. Just like, yeah. I couldn't just be alone. I've been in steady monogamous relationships since I was 14 years old. I've never once been single since I was 14 years old. I mean, I have, um, but, like, he was a really great guy. Like, I mean, even now, like, I'm, I wish Aww. him the best. Like, he was a really good boyfriend, but he would bring me, like, ugh, he will never hear this, I hope. He would bring me, like, roses <laughs> every, like, week, and I would, like, get so fucking annoyed. So I would hide them in, like, my friend's, like, locker, and I'm, like, I'm so over this fucking kid giving me roses every week. And then my mom Okay, can we just like point out how much of an Aries you are and how much of a cancer I am? I'm over here heart eyes like this is so magical no, and no. you're like I'm fucking over it. I was so annoyed. I'm like where the fuck am I going to do this? like where am I going to put it? Like I can't go home with like roses every day. And so like no, that's weird. I was like 15 trying to be a slut. Did not happen obviously. But, like, ugh, great guy. <laughs> but I will give him credit where credit's due. Because of him, I met John. So, like, oh, like yay. it ended up being where, like, he gave me tickets to a Cubs game that my, like, my friend at that time, like, um, John's brother, like, 
invited John and then we're like, oh, okay. And then the, the rest is history. But like, I'll give him credit. Thanks. But That's it was so fate. fucking annoying. Stop. I, I mean, love it. it was it was nice, but as like you're right, like as a 15 year old, I don't give me flowers every week. I like that. They die. So give me clothes. You die. You're gonna die, but I keep you around. <laughs> I'm gonna throw you away because you're gonna die. Um, you have no choice. So like, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Izzy is checking on Denny. He asks her if she's with Alex. And Alex had been in the room when Izzy first presented Denny. She says, no, not anymore and never, ever again. Denny says, good. That means he won't have to fight him for Izzy. She asks what makes him think she would want that. Denny says, hello, you are in love with me. He says, it's not your fault. He's well off, but not in funny. He's smart, but not a know-it-all. He's funny. He's really nice. He loves animals and he's hot. And I remember watching this for the first time and just falling head over heels in love with Denny. Like if Izzy didn't want him, move over, bitch. I'm coming in. <laughs> I laugh when I say, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. He's well off, but not into money. Interesting. I love that. And so no, I think interesting because you know what's coming up. The 8. Did 7. you just sign language at me? No, I just 8.7. Cause he's not into oh, money. But, but he... there are people out there who are not into money but are very well oh, off. Okay. Like that's a thing. Like there's people out there who have money like Jeffrey Bezos, but don't act oh. like it like Jeffrey Bezos oh, okay. does. Okay, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, he seems very humble and very simplistic. Like I, I have that. two friends from from mm -hmm. my childhood and they both were extremely well off and they you would never know to look at them, I love that ever. I I'm sorry, I love that. Thank you. But I that would never be me. <laughs> if I had money, you would fucking know. <laughs> Please tell us more. So George joins Addison looking over Beck's biopsy. He is confused when she asks George to call a meeting with Beck's and her parents, as well as a psychiatrist. She tells him that they aren't looking at an ovary. It's a testes. He says that Beck's is a hermaphrodite. Addison confirms it. Beck's parents are being briefed on the situation and they are so confused. Addison explains that Bex has female genitalia, but internally she has both female and male sex organs. She then tells them that the lymph node tumor was benign, but she strongly recommends therapy for all of them. The psychiatrist speaks up and says that intersex people will begin to strongly identify with one sex, and it's not always the sex that they've been raised. Her mother starts going on and on about how Bex is a girl. She's always been a girl. And it's very evident here how times have changed. Like, yes. this is just... Yes, yeah. absolutely. I wanted to smack her mother or their mother i mean well well think, her mother will just yeah i, I think for i now. do think it's difficult i think i understand you know like right for sure the especially during that time right like you're not like right and then wait till you see okay continue continue <laughs> Beck's parents tell Addison and George that they don't want Bex to know. Addison says that they will go ahead with the procedure and then her parents can talk to her on their own time. Beck's parents ask Addison to remove whatever boy parts are in there while she's operating to keep her more of a girl. And this ignites a rage fire in me. Like you cannot just do that. Like right. you just simply cannot do that. 
Yeah, and it's actually very true that it's unethical, and I found a lot of articles about it and how saying that they don't do that and they um, obviously will not do a surgery without and do like gender reassignment, essentially. Right, because that's what it um, is. Yeah, that's what it is, and I, sh- I think she mentions it later on. But um, do you want to know how? Well, I'll let you finish. Addison says, so let me be clear. You're asking me to perform a gender reassignment surgery on your daughter. And George chimes in with, without her knowing. Addison says that she would never do that on someone who is unaware of the procedure. So just to give you all an insight of how rare or not rare it is, um, the number is about 1 in 1,500 to 1 in 2,000 births. So... Um, often a child is born so noticeably atypical is what would be the term um, in terms of genitalia. Um, so that is the statistics. And to kind of put that in comparison, it's almost as rare as having a redheaded kid. Oh, okay. So that's, I found that comparison. I can't take credit for it. I found that comparison um, in amnesty.org, which is a website that talks about intersex awareness day. Um, so there are like five myths and they talk about that. So it's like 1.7% of the population, um, similar to, um, people born with red hair. So there's a lot of research and the article that I found on intersex, um, specifically actually went in a little bit into the history of how it actually in the 1960s caused this particular woman PS PTSD um, because a lot of the doctors would like pivot the questions that she would ask and like um, the woman at the time uh, the asexual person was um, uh, identified as woman at that time but like they knew about their male genitalia so they were like saying like oh you know we I got PTSD like I'm 60 years now like it gave me like a lot of trauma so it, it was like a really sad um but interesting article so similar to the case this girl this person that I'm talking about is Ruth um similar situation to Bex she was questioning constantly her in her childhood um as to what she was they treated me like a lab rat um, specifically uh, semi-annually putting me in a room full of white-coated male doctors and oh. they took pictures of her naked like mm-hmm. this is this is um I want to be like nature made me and it's hrw.org and it's medically unnecessary surgeries on intersex children in the U.S. It is a very very long article but it talks about like intersex traits just like bags with um uh, external genitalia or atypical external genitalia that are apparent at birth, chromosomes that do not match the expectations of the assigned sex. Um, it was such an interest. I didn't read thoroughly all of it, but it was such an interesting um, article. So I definitely recommend anyone that is listening to um, talk about it. They also talk about the social stigma, the bullying, the you know mm-hmm. social aspect <laughs> of it. And they also touch upon... Um, the partnership between Interact and Human Rights Watch, where they actually consult practicing physicians and they report on uh, interviews with 30 intersex adults, intersex children, and they kind of go through um, with psychologists and other mental health providers and they happen to work a lot with intersex people to raise awareness um, and just talk a little bit more about 
the effects of it and what can we do as a society. It's really cool. It's a really cool article. So that's that. That was great information. Thanks. I loved it. You're the best, like, researcher. Well, I will say, though, like, this article is just has so much information like they even have a history of intersex activism a timeline wow yes and it's amazing like the 2000s man that really did it seriously like there is so many like it started in 1993 where cheryl chase founds the intersex society of north america to end the shame uh, secrecy and unwanted genital surgeries for people born with an autonomy that someone decided is not standard for male or female and then it kind of slows so it kind of goes like maybe a couple things here and there and then in the 2000s especially in the 2010 2010 2011 2011 like 2011 and 2012 was like and 2013 was the year of movement and activism which that's amazing yeah. that is amazing anyways that's a lot of information but take it as you will. I loved it <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. So Meredith goes to visit Ellis at the care facility and she finds Derek there. She confronts him and asks him what he's doing. He explains that there is a clinical trial to study the progression of early onset Alzheimer's and that Ellis is a prime candidate. Gaslighting much? Manipulative as much? <sighs> mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of, you know, talking to her about it. He just takes it upon himself to go. And he's just so charming. Charming enough, I'm sure, with Ella. It's like, I just wonder how they let him in and let him interact with her. Pretty right? Sure not well, it depends. Okay. Because if it's if it's a nursing home, it's different. Okay. But she seems to just be at, like, an assisted living facility. Okay. And the last time I visited people at an assisted living facility, it was more lenient there were more entrances and exits you didn't necessarily have to go through the front door so maybe but still right it's a little weird no yeah it's it's weird george is checking in on bex and she asks if she's going to die and that's when and that's what no one wants to tell her and then she asks if george will just tell her what is going on Beck's parents and Addison come into the room. Bex expresses that she's really freaked out, but her parents are reassuring her. Bex says, I'm having surgery to remove a tumor on my ovary. Right? Right? Right, George? Addison gives him a warning look, and he asks if he's just supposed to lie to her. Addison sends George out of the room. Bex stops him and begs him to tell her what is wrong with her. Her parents give in then and explains what, are go- what is going on. Beck says with a large amount of hope, does this mean I could be a boy? Beck's parents are braiding George in the hallway. They explain that she is a 14-year-old girl. And George says, maybe, maybe not. And I fucking lived for that. Talk about the island of passiva aggressiva, right? I mean, that's it. Yes. That's it. I fucking love it. (laughs) They say for 14 years, they've raised a daughter. Like... way to make this all Uh, about you like if you cannot love a child under any and all circumstances you just simply should not have a child i was gonna say just don't fucking procreate like seriously like anything could happen with your child they are their own person and they can choose to be whoever they want to be and if that makes you uncomfortable then do not have a child period end of story and i will die on that hill absolutely like my mom 
always told me that like back whenever I wanted to have kids, like she had, she had instilled that in me from a very young age. Like if you're not okay with who your child is turning out to be, then you just do not have a child. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to listen to that and take it to heart. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Addison interjects and George says, I know I'm off the case, right? And walks away. Derek is updating Weber on Ellis and he confirms that he can get Ellis a spot on the trial, but they will need Meredith's power of attorney and that it might be better coming from Weber. Again, the manipulation. Yep. Oh, I do have a note there. I think that there's like a really brief scene where Burke kind of covers for Christina. Um, and I think she's breaking the rules. And I thought that was interesting that we all remember the like the like episode where, you know, Burke didn't want to help Christina and at the workplace he wasn't the boyfriend or whatever. So I thought that was yes. interesting that he was covering for Christina during this episode. I believe that they couldn't work more than 80 hours. I believe that's this episode. Um, I watched two back to back, so I'm like, I'm not not sure. But um, so I thought that was interesting. And I'm wondering if he's just doing that to figure out his original question, which you mentioned at the beginning about what she wanted to do with the baby. Yes. Yeah. So again, it's very manipulative. Mm -hmm. These men in power. Fuck them. Yep. Izzy is talking with Denny and it becomes clear that the heart he was supposed to get was not viable. Again, I I just mentioned that Izzy just looks like she's fucking glowing. Like, I don't understand where this beauty is. I mean, she's a, the, you know, Catherine is really pretty anyways, but like, but like she always looks so dirty. And I've mentioned this in many episodes and this episode, she looks clean. She looks like, like she's fucking glowing and oh she really is drives me nuts (laughs) it drives me nuts because in the next episode she does not look like this shit like like what happens (laughs) no george is checking in on bex she thanks him for telling her and making her parents tell her she asks if she has to be a boy now and george says no and bex says but i can if i want to and he says if she wants to She asks George to bring her scissors, and when he does, George starts cutting her hair, and her parents come in the room and take the scissors from him and start cutting. That was beautiful, though. It really, really was. It really, really was. And I mean, we're talking about an episode over 10 years ago, so I mean, for Shonda to create an episode like this, I mean, that's powerful and impactful for sure. Yes, yes. Addison and Derek are sitting on the porch of his trailer and she asks about Meredith and if she is just supposed to wait it out until it passes and Derek nods and says yes that would be good oh he makes me so mad yeah yeah because he's not just manipulative with Meredith he's manipulative with everybody they're all fucking manipulative they're all gaslighting each other and I'm just like I don't understand like I'm sorry, Addison, you are a gorgeous woman. Stop manipulating him, like John said last week. And then at the same time, it's like, stop being manipulated by him. Like, go, you're successful, rich, beautiful. Get the fuck out of there. I don't think that Alex is a gaslighter or a manipulator. Because the entire series, he's very much so hated for just simply being himself. That's true. Okay, so, yeah, okay. I'm just it's just like it no it just made me like think of that yeah. like I'm thinking like yeah everybody is I'm just like you know what is Alex though because he gets a lot of shit for just being himself like he doesn't like, hide who he too. is 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Christina stops Burke as he's leaving the hospital and she tells him that she wasn't going to have the baby and that he doesn't get to be mad about that. And Burke says that he's not mad, which truly surprises Christina. And he tells her that he just wanted to know, which Fair enough. I think is, I think that's like good though, because I, I remember watching this the first time and I thought like, oh my God, he's going to be pissed because she wanted to have an abortion. Like I could kind of see him being like that, but him like not being mad about it. Like that was very refreshing. Yeah. I was pretty surprised too. Cause he's not the greatest. Yeah. George and Izzy are eating pizza on the bathroom floor of Meredith's house. And we hear Meredith yelling at Doc, calling him a bad dog. And she comes into the bathroom and joins them. And let me just say, I know this has been a very pizza influence and I forgot about the scene, but that pizza looked fucking gross. It was like fucking cardboard. It's It's just It looked old. Like, what the fuck? Ugh, it looks so gross. Yeah. Yep. But that is the end of the episode. So I'm going to hit you all with the closing monologue before I mention the honorable mentions. So who gets to determine when the old ends and the new begins? It's not a day on a calendar, not a birthday, not a new year. It's an event, big or small, something that changes us. Ideally, it gives us hope, a new way of living and looking at the world, letting go of the old habits, old memories. What's important is that we never stop believing we can have a new beginning. But it's also important to remember that Amid all the crap, there are a few things worth holding on to. It's very deep. I love that. It's very deep, but I feel like it doesn't connect with the episode. Because, I don't know. I just don't think it connects with the episode. Because maybe it's a new beginning for Meredith because she's quote-unquote over him. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, true. True. I don't know. So we did have a couple of... We had um, one case as an honorable mention. It's Millar Piskowitz which was Alex's patient who ate uh, his novel <laughs> um, that he'd written. And um, he basically got uh, surgery because uh, obviously could not pass through. Well, and uh, he then, yeah. Yeah. And then he had mercury poisoning. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the uh, bazaar was removed successfully and um, he was given British anti-lewisite, which absorbs the mercury to help with the uh, mercury poisoning, which, again, honorable mention, not important, but Alex did a good job treating him. (laughs) He really, really did, yes. I need to, when we post this episode, I need to post the the picture that you have of them eating pizza because it's fucking gross and it's bothering me. Oh, yeah. Eh, Yeah. (laughs) I had to go look at it. (laughs) Yeah. And we do have a special guest today. Yes. We have someone that should be coming in in a little bit. So let's take a break and we will come back. All right. Like we said, we have a special guest today. We have Burke Lover, a.k.a. Raquel here. (laughs) Um, And we just want to know, for everyone listening, why do you like Burke? This is exactly why I was nervous. I feel like I'm not coming in prepared. Listen, it's uh, it's been quite the journey. Um, Please tell I don't know. us. I mean, I I after rewatching this last episode because that's the only one that I've rewatched. I mean, I right. watched everything, and from the get go, I always liked him, even though you always questioned it. I feel like even just the way he ended the episode, um, I love him. 
because he brings out a softer side in Christina. I don't know if I like him with Christina. Okay. If that makes any sense. Um, but I like him individually as a person. But I think that this is when you start to see, like, I don't know, like for me, it's like I didn't immediately like her. So then I get to see a more well-rounded version of who she is. That's why I like him. I actually like that. I like yeah. that. I can totally see that. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, again, I can own the fact that he's not the kindest person. He's not the kindest colleague. He's not the best partner, but I feel like he was definitely needed in her, her, I guess her own personal growth. Like you wouldn't have, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that's when I really started to get to know who she was. So I feel like that's why I like him so much. Hmm. Well, we talk I do about, like it. Yes. But in this episode, there's a scene and I think I mentioned it previously um, where you can see the power dynamic between him as an attendee and how he kind of uses that to his own advantage to kind of push out Christina because she was over her like limit or whatever. And so we see this with Derek Shepard and Meredith Grey where like that power dynamic where he kind of takes advantage of being in a position of power. Would you say he's, I would say he's in the same position. How do you feel about that? Why do you think he's taking advantage of her? He's taking advantage of the fact that he's in a power role, right? He's an attending and while she's an intern and, you know, he kicks her out and he goes by the rules, which he's a very, he is a rule follower, but in this episode particularly, he does cover for her when she goes with Bailey to get the heart for Denny. So how do you feel about that? I don't know. I guess I didn't really see it as him using his power over her. Um, I just kind of saw it as a way of like, he was trying to protect her and he was trying to keep things very professional. I'm super biased. I love her. <laughs> I love him. But I feel like for me, like, I know the scene that you're talking about, because even I'm thinking when they were in the OR, yeah, it's yeah. the chief that comes in, right? Is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah. When the chief comes in, he's like, Hey, you've got to go. And she, they, they make that little eye contact thing. And mm. then she, she's kind of hoping that he says something, but okay, so then let's go ahead and play devil's advocate. What would have happened if he did say, if he did overstep the chief's bounds and was like, actually, I want her to stay? I don't know. I, I That's just so out of character. So what does he want? From her? Yeah. I don't know if he wants anything from her. I think that he's trying to. He does want something from her. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like you'd have to convince me a little bit more. I feel like at this point in time, again, the way that I see it is just he's trying to keep things very professional. We know that he's very type A. We know that he's almost like neurotic about his profession. So like you said, I think that maybe at that point in time, he was just following the rules that I, I, I guess that's the way that I interpreted it or what yeah. did the both of you think? I know that I know how you feel, Beto. What do you I know you don't like him at all. Courtney, <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> I think that Courtney might hate him even more. Well, she hates I everyone. I do. <laughs> I do. I don't think I like anybody. No, you like uh, Addison. Oh yeah, I like Addison. But again, then I could kind of see where that she's probably a lot of people's least favorite too. Right. So right. I, I kind of and and trying to defend her to people, I, I feel Raquel's pain here. <laughs> Wait till the last episode, John was going at it with everyone. I feel like he showed no mercy to anyone. And we're, Courtney and I were just like, 
Thank you. For he your... didn't breathe for ten minutes. <laughs> he had a scroll ready. No, I. I think like I'm going to take a different approach from from John though because I feel like maybe maybe that's my flaw. Whereas I was rewatching because this would have been my second time rewatching this yeah. specific episode. I actually was like it was like almost like like heartwarming to watch some of the characters because you yeah. see what they kind of like turn into and you're like oh and then that's when George you know is like starting to like stand up for himself or like yeah. look at Izzy following her heart or like look at Derek he's still being a pain in the ass because I feel like Derek is the one who is continuously annoying me and that's not to deflect any of the attention from Burke you know <laughs> but it's just like I don't know I I guess at this point in time it's like I I see I see what we're saying I know that clearly I know what this turns into and I feel like at that point in time, I'm trying to be very, uh, what's the word for it? Where it's like, you're coming in, you're, I'm trying to be very unbiased. I'm just trying to be like, okay, like this is what it is. I only have the facts. I feel like Burke was just doing his job at that point in time, because again, if he would have tried to side with Yang, what would have happened? What would that have turned into? And then thinking about it from a surgeon's perspective, is it worth that battle, having that battle right then and there when you're doing exactly what you're praised for? And But it's interesting because everyone in this right now knows what happens when Burke does actually allow, does break the rules, right? We mm -hmm. see that in the coming episodes um, and how he kind of digs himself into a big hole. And mm -hmm. then it's actually where we see Yang kind of grow a little bit and, and kind of separate herself from Burke. So I see what you're saying. I, I, I still definitely think that Burke being an attending sometimes he uses that to kind of get away or kind of excuse himself or kind of put himself uh, in a position where he uses it to his advantage right we see oh, yeah. in previous episodes where he's like oh I'm not your boyfriend at work or you know he really hated that scene mm -hmm. or and then in this case we're like yeah you got to listen to Weber sorry or mm -hmm. you know just he kind of flip-flops to where it's convenient for him I see what you're saying. And so, like, I, I, you know, that's that power dynamic. And and, um, and I was telling us, or telling the podcast earlier where I sent Courtney a, a video about, like, the power dynamic between Meredith and Christina. And, um, Derek? Yes, Derek mm -hmm. and Meredith. And how that's kind of similar to Burke and Christina. And then, obviously, that changes later on in season three, but... Um, yeah and no you're right I absolutely agree with you in that sense where I feel like that's the whole thing with literally everyone you know like Courtney like you were saying like oh like I hate everyone I feel like everyone at some point in time they all have this like ideology of I've earned my stripes so then I can be fill in the blank they do yeah. for sure use it to their advantage but I feel like because we have Meredith and we have Christina who are like I guess like bottom of the totem pole um you know you can see I guess like maybe like you would you would you would be affected more so by that because these are the characters that we feel for these are the characters yeah. that we've grown with so yeah right. um but I I completely get what you're saying because the whole Derek thing too I feel like that really bothered me because had anyone ever done that to me I don't know about you all but I would never talk to that person again is this what we were just talking about is that what you were just saying Chris I <laughs> hate his guts and you know what and and Raquel, you being on here has kind of like, I had this revelation that I actually hate Derek Shepard more than I hate Burke. There you go. There you oh go. Oh my God. Because eventually we'll see Burke has the balls to choose what is right for him and he leaves. He'll cut her loose. 
happens. She leaves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, okay. All right. And Derek first seasons on, I mean, you know, we can go on and on and on. And even up until, you know, it's and, just, Derek, there's something about Derek where it's like, I think that going back, going back, I've learned how much I've learned to dislike him. I yeah. guess I'm like the one that is the oddball then, huh? I get well, it. Well, no, the first time that I ever watched Grace, I was just like, oh, Derek Shepard. Like, not it. because of his looks. I don't think that he's attractive, but I his personality. Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, like my heart, Derek Shepard. And now like re-watching it yeah. and really watching the toxicity unfold. It's like, hold up. Like, no. Yeah. It, so- I mean, even just like in, in this one episode, it's it was 40 minutes. It was a quick 40 minutes. I watched it earlier this morning. But what was he saying when he was in the elevator with oh, Meredith? And we just, was there. So, yeah. of course, then he has to make a joke. He has to go, oh, you know, from the faraway lands of like passive aggressive, uh, you know, and it's just like, mm-hmm. dude, you're the one who was in this marriage with this one woman. She's clearly trying to fight back for, to get you back in her life. You're trying to restore this marriage. And you're the one that's being, you're the one that's being passive aggressive. He was being a passive aggressive by just saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So I want to know your thoughts. What are your thoughts Uh-oh. about Denny and Izzy in this episode? Or I how like Courtney, Courtney? I feel like that's Courtney. also biased because I know that. Listen, I like Izzy. <laughs> I, I I like that storyline. I know that that's a pretty unpopular opinion. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, for one, appreciate Izzy because, again, I'm trying to look at the positive things like it's like glass half full kind of person. I appreciate the fact that even though she wants to probably like rip out. Alex's eyes um she's like you know what like I I wish you well I hope that you're doing well on this test Mm -hmm. and I feel like for both Denny and Izzy I think that they're both like that little like ray of sunshine that they might need in each other's lives like if you think about it Denny's on his deathbed like he is on like he needs a heart to survive and I think that for him he's like okay like there's this woman here she's clearly attractive um I need, I need something to keep me going. And I think that for Izzy, she, out of like a failed relationship, if that's what you can call it, like you have an attractive man. She it's, it's low risk, you know, because it's like, she's probably not thinking that there's going to come anything of it because he's a dying man. So she's like, why not? Like he's giving me what I need while she's giving him what he needs. I'm all for I it. love that. <laughs> I love that take on Izzy and Danny. I love that. I feel like that's why I really like them. You know, obviously it gets a little bit more bizarre. Um, but I feel like at this point in time, it's it's what what each character needs from from one another. I love that. That's a good insight. And it's low risk. Sure. As of right now, it's low risk. Yeah. I love that. And I kept commenting. I always comment on like her looks, and I always kept I kept commenting in this episode, like she looks like a goddess. Like mm-hmm. because of Denny, mm-hmm. and you and you can tell that that's like an illusion, or it's a you know it's the the analogy of like oh that's his that's like you know that's his her ray of sunshine essentially Denny is a ray of sunshine for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why like I'm I'm all for it. You know, it like I said, it does. I can acknowledge the fact that it gets a little <laughs> intense, but what what in Grey's Anatomy doesn't get intense at the end of the day? I feel like. Here, here. I'm I'm all for a happy ending. And I think that at this point in time, they're both just kind of at a loss. And yep. it's like, where, I mean, what else are you going to look to to bring you happiness? We love this. Any love questions it. for Raquel, Courtney? 
any last i don't think so i accept will you come back and do this again <laughs> in the future because i loved your insight i will absolutely come because i'm telling you i i need to get i need to come down to the bottom of this and i need to really figure out what is it about work that i absolutely love like i was i'm 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 telling you I had I have a very reflective like moment and I'm sitting there I was like what is it about Burke that I find so attractive like I am attracted to him I absolutely love him I will fight tooth and nail for him I will call him on his things that's perfectly fine we need to keep each other accountable but I will come back whenever so I'm team Burke all the way I know what I'm thinking (laughs) you know which episode I'm thinking we need to have Raquel back I'm thinking all of them. <laughs> I love this. I love the takes on this. I love it. Definitely. I feel like 2021, if, if if anything, what it did bring me was 18 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Because yes. um, I don't know if I don't know if I ever told you the story as to why I got into Grey's Anatomy. Veronica here had I, she's always talked about it. I never watched it as a teenager or anything. This is when we were still on lockdown. I was working from home and I was like, you know what? Sure. Why not? I'm out of things to watch. I might as well just watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy. I didn't do my research thoroughly before starting this episode. I found out there were like 16 seasons and I'm like, I, I need to see, I need to see this through. I need to see this through. And so I feel like there were, there was a lot of self-reflection. There was a lot of like processing of emotion. So I feel like I'm ready to talk about this whenever. Like I, I'm all for it. But yeah, I'm telling you, I've 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 sat there with me, and I'm like, what does it mean if I find something <laughs> attractive? Uh, and how long did know? it take you to get through Grey's Anatomy? Please, please tell us. Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like it was pretty quickly. Like I mean, Courtney's mom did it in like what two months? Yeah. Oh yeah, I would definitely was not that quick. I would say maybe six months, but this was also. When we were working from home, I remember that there would be points in my day where we, we get 40 minute lunches and I'm like running through, I'm like putting things in the microwave. I'm like heating things up and I'm starting Netflix so that I can watch one more episode so I can continue watching them. It got to a point where it was like pretty unhealthy, you know, but I made it through. Aww. Some people would say there's unhealthy. Some people think, I don't know. No. I would say that it was a no. perfectly fine coping mechanism because it made 100%. me realize qualities that I enjoy in other people, qualities that I don't want to uh have on my own terms so yeah we'll see but you'll have to let me know what you guys think about uh Burke later on because I'm I feel like there needs to be an episode where it's just about mainly his storyline because right. like there's just a little bit of that um but it's like mainly his storyline and then we can like truly like dig deep <laughs> Dive yes. deep. yeah it'll be like a therapeutic session for all three of us I love yeah. it it'll <laughs> be a two-hour episode <laughs> All about Burke. I'm all for it. <laughs> That's what we'll name it. All about Burke. How about yes. That? I love it. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. And yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was fun. We look forward to seeing you again. Yeah, me too. I'll prepare better next time. <laughs> <laughs>